if you do not have an understanding of who you are or a definition of yourself, then the world has the authority to define who you are for you. And I think for this generation of us, we do not have a clear understanding of who we are as men. So the world has defined for us. It has given us different examples and definitions of who men are. And it is even depicted in the movies you watch, the books you read. It gives different concepts. But the thing is, we were given the Bible as the ultimate reference book. Because it definitely has everything. Everything you need to know. Every small definition to the, to even the largest definitions. And from there, I think and I believe that... It is only through the Bible that we can get a clear understanding of who men are or who men are supposed to be. Because God, God is like the ultimate depiction of true manhood. And when the world was in total chaos, because from the very beginning, let's look at from the very beginning, the first man was Adam. Adam was created in the likeness and the image of God, right? But he messed up. Right, so he blurred the definition of who men are supposed to be, and then years down the line, we see so many men who God had brought to be examples to the rest of to the younger generations of men. We see great men like the likes of Akina Abraham, the likes of Akina, um, let's say someone like Samson. His strength is a depiction of who men are supposed to be. We look at people like Solomon, wisdom. We look at guys like David, leadership. But at the end of the day, all these men that God defines for us to be examples to us, they they seem to have a blood. A blood they, they give us a blood image of what true manhood is because all of them, literally all of the, all of them, they they broke a rule or two. And they defied, they went against God in certain situations and it clearly doesn't bring out the real picture or the real painting of what manhood is supposed to be. And so when things were in this time of chaos, uh, that is when God decided, you know what, I'm going to send Jesus. Jesus was this and is, is the son of God and he's the truest form and depiction of what manhood is all about. And so if we want to understand what are the attributes of a real man, then the perfect reference would be Christ himself. So um, let's first of all look at what really makes men special. What, what makes men so special out here? And first, the first thing that makes all men special well, when I say men, I don't necessarily try to say uh, it is just a man by gender, but men, men in general, because I think all of us are all of us are created in the likeness of God, whether man or woman, and we are all special, right? So in this case, when when we are talking about being special, I'm just going to give it like a general overview of what makes men special. Number one is the fact that we are made in the likeness of God. This is clearly quoted in um, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, where it says, this is God saying, Genesis chapter 1, 26, it says, uh, Then God said, 
Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. That is the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. We see God creating man in the likeness, in his own image and likeness, and then gives man dominion over the earth. That is one thing that makes you special as a child of God. The fact that you are created in the likeness of God. You should be confident and be comfortable in your flesh, in your body, in whichever way you are created, because that is the image and the likeness of God. We are all special like that. And the best part is that you've been given dominion. So that is another thing that makes you special. You've been given dominion over the earth. It means you are a ruler. You are a leader, basically. You've been blessed with leadership. And then in the book of Psalms chapter 139, verse 14, it also says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. This is also another reminder to you guys, you as men out there. It's always to remind you that you are created in the likeness of, of God. You should be confident in how you are because he, he, he constantly tells you you are wonderfully and fearfully made in his own image and his works are perfect. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, it wasn't supposed to be a preaching, but it'll sound like it. The other thing that makes us so special as men is the fact that we've been saved by God. And God desires that all of us can actually be saved. Because, okay, when, when when the world was in turmoil, when the, the world was in pure chaos, what did God do? He sent his son. Imagine this is a guy that loves you so much that he sent his own son so that you could be saved. He has a desire that you shall get, you shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. That is why he sent his, his only beloved son. That can be seen, okay, we can look at it even from a book of, the most common and popular book, the one you should be reciting all through life. This is first. Is it John 3.16? Yeah, John 3.16. It says, um, He loved us, that He sent His only begotten Son so that we could be saved. That is one thing you should be proud of. The book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, what does it say? It says, um, hmm, this is Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that is one thing that makes you feel you are special. is the fact that you have a chance to redemption. That no matter how far you've erred, how far you've sinned, there is a God who died for you and has a desire that you shall inherit the, the kingdom of 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 eternity. So, that should be one thing that reminds you every day that you are a special being of Christ or of God. The fact that you've been saved and there's someone out there who's actually looking out for you and desires that, you know what, this guy is going to inherit my kingdom no matter how many mistakes he makes, I'll always give him a second chance. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 also has a very special meaning to us as Christians. What does it say about as being special creatures of Christ. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. You can note down these verses. They can be quite encouraging whenever you need them. It says, ah, 
from let's look from three it says this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of god our savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth yeah the bible constantly reminds us that god is the truth and the ultimate purpose of man is to to discover the truth first timothy chapter 2 verse 4 reminds us that god has a desire for all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth so you should feel special because again there's someone who has a great desire for you to be saved at the end of the day if you're a christian there's a belief that there's an eternal damnation that awaits those who shall not have received christ by that time but you are special because god is trying so hard he's going to do his level best so that you should be saved so that is one thing that should remind you that you know what i'm very special because god is doing his very best and so should i so that i can be saved another thing that make that makes men very special beings of christ is the fact that men have been chosen to be leaders god has appointed you as a representation you see the point in tuliangalia in genesis he says i have given you dominion over the earth to rule over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea it means that you are a leader because at the very beginning when when god created adam i have given you the right and the power to name all creatures it means you are a creator you are a procreate not really a creator you are part of the creation of the creation of god that has been anointed and blessed to contribute in a greater creation you get that is where you guys have been given the the, the power to reprocreate repro- creation right so the book of jeremiah verse 1 verse 5 i mean the book of jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 has a special message for us in terms of what leadership is and what makes people and men of christ you know leaders out there so jeremiah verse 1 verse 5 i mean jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 it says um before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet of the nations. Okay, this is a message to Jeremiah. But then, it is a message to all men. Because the Bible is a reference. And whatever he communicates here, the context can be applied to all of us. So, this is a reminder from God. He tells you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I mean, for someone to know you before he even formed you in the womb, it means an acknowledge you are a special creature, you are a special being. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Consecrated is like anointing. So like before even you were born, I anointed you. And this is an anointing that has been placed in each and every man. We are a representation of the body of Christ. So definitely, whatever reference that is here is applicable to us. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This is purely leadership. You have been appointed to be prophets of nations. You have been appointed to take the message of God out there. All of us, all men created in his image. This is our special blessing. This is our special anointing. From birth, God knew us, anointed us, and gave us a purpose. For us to be prophets to nations. It means we should take up, assume the mantle of leadership. And by that, we should fulfill the promise of 
prophesying to nations. At times, nations isn't even supposed to be like a big government that you're supposed to prophesy over. Even the smallest units, starting from your family level, as a man, you've been given a special anointing to be a leader. From the most basic of units, from the family level to the topmost levels of governance, that is your purpose. That is what makes you special as a man. Then we look at another reason that we are, we are blessed beings. We have been set on a path of greatness, all of us. It is something that has been, how do I put it? It has been divinely put in the hearts of each and every man out there. You are set on a path of greatness. God assures that, you know what? I have I, I knew you before you were born, consecrated you, I sent you out to be a to be a prophet to the nations. So Jeremiah twenty-nine verse eleven again reminds us, you know what? What does it say? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. The fact that God constantly reassures us men is one thing that you guys should endeavor to take it with a lot of pride. He assures you again after I you know what to the nations so it will be even a greater blessing. He comes again in Jeremiah 27 and 11 and tells you again, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of welfare and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Hey, Bana, you guys should feel blessed. You are, you are people who are very special. That's one thing he reminds you again. Another reason that, another another thing that makes you guys special is the fact that you have been given a purpose. You've been set out on a purpose. It means that you do not live a life that is reckless or lacks direction. It means that there is a plan for you. There is a purpose you've been set. There is a, a certain path that the Lord has set you on. So it means that like, Everywhere you are, you know what? I'm God's special creation, and there's a purpose set out for me. And this is clearly demonstrated in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. What does it say? I'll be taking some time because I have to. I, I, I wrote almost all these things, so I'm definitely going. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Verse 28, what does it say? 8:28. Here it is. It says, "And we know that, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, and for those who are called according to His to His purpose." Okay, what does he say? Okay, we are going to interrelate most of these things. Jeremiah na tuambia kwanza. God na tuambia kwanza. Iti alikuwa na tujua before tuzaliwa katu bless. Iti and sent out as he sent us out into the nation. But the condition is, you always have to reciprocate that special love that God has for us. That's why he tells you in Romans 8 verse 28 that, uh, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Right? For those who are called according to his purpose. So there's a special purpose that each and every one of us as men of God have been called upon. There's a special purpose for us. And for us to get that purpose, for us to be on that path of great purposeness, first thing is we have to love God. 
And the moment you show love to God, all things will work together for good, for your good. And that's the whole thing. As in, it's, it, it's that simple. You're a special being called for a certain purpose. And the only condition God wants or has given for you is to love him. The moment you show love to him, definitely all things work out to fulfill that greater purpose that he has set you on this world to achieve and to accomplish. It's that simple. Another reason why you should be, you know, feel special, you should feel special as a child of God, as a man of God, is the fact that God has given you unlimited potential. Like, what you can achieve is limitless. Because, in this world, there is a special purpose for us. And for us to achieve that special purpose, we are not limited. Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's simple. You as a man are able to do all things unsurmountable. Unsurmountable, very interesting one. I like that. Unsurmountable. You can do anything. You can achieve anything. But on one condition, through Christ who strengthens you. Christ is our strength. He has not said you can do 10 things because I strengthen you. You can do anything. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Understand me? When you get up, I hope you guys understand me. So as a special being of Christ, you should always remember that your potential is limitless. You can achieve anything you want through Christ who is going to strengthen you. And then in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse, verse 31, it says again, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up their wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What does this mean? What does it, what does it tell us? It's the fact that the moment we wait unto the Lord, the moment we believe that through Christ we can do all things, it means we, as in, we, are, we are unlimited. We are unlimited. You shall run and you shall not tire. You shall walk and you shall not faint. Just put your faith in me. You are a special being and the, the only condition is just to show me love. As much as I love you, show me love. Reciprocate this. And I promise you, you are unlimited. You are going to achieve anything. You are going to run and you shall not get tired. You are going to walk and you shall not faint. I think that's a special thing. It's a, it's, it's a thing that should remind you that, you know what, I'm a special person of Christ. I'm a special man. But now the question is, what are the attributes of a real man? What makes a man be, you know, that image that God wants? What is the definition of a true man according to the Bible, according to the word of God? Like today's today's context is going to be purely based on the Bible and most of the lessons that we're going to learn on the next in the next episodes until we're done with this this with this series where we're just basically understanding we as men who are we what's our purpose it is it what are our responsibilities but now what are the attributes of a real man definition John Wick killing ten people with a pencil no 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 now we are looking into the Bible what are the the definitions of a real man number one a real man, a man of God, is a man who is committed to following a greater authority. 
Let's look at the book of Luke chapter 9 verse. Luke 9:59-62. A man, a real man, true manhood, is committed to following a greater authority. A greater authority is, you know, we, we know, our greater authority is God. So you are, the commitment to following God, that, that is the first characteristic of a real man. Trust you me, you can never convince me that you are a real man and you do not have faith in Christ. Do not even have faith in yourself. Hell, you can have faith in yourself without having faith in Christ. But without faith in Christ, you do not reflect any any characteristics of of the man that God intended. Luke nine verse fifty nine. It says, "This is this is Jesus talking to some guys when when he was when he was assembling his disciples." So he fifty nine fifty nine. He says to another one, he said, "Follow follow me." But this guy said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another one said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, this basically, this first characteristic is just trying to show us that for us to depict true manhood and to be a representation of the real man who God wants is the fact that we have to put aside everything else and be committed to the purpose. The purpose in Jeremiah Alipewa from the very beginning akambia kabla nikujue bana nilikubless eh na nikakupea purpose kwamba you will be a prophet to the nations. Jesus again comes and says Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. This is like another reminder. You're a leader. You are a prophet. You've been sent on a purpose to proclaim the kingdom of Christ. In that commitment to following this greater authority, irrespective of all circumstances, defines a true man. Everything else and follow the purpose that God has set for us as men of Christ from the very beginning. Number two. A real man is a man who is committed to sacrifice everything else in the shadow of discipleship. This is again commitment to following Christ. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. What does it say? It says, it says um, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yet, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. This is just a reminder like commitment. Like you have to be so committed to Christ that you can sacrifice anything else to follow this purpose that you've been in your in your purpose number one. Ukwe a great scientist even before you become that great televangelist you want to become even before you become that great engineer, that great doctor. Number one purpose to proclaim the kingdom of God. Be it in your family, be it in church, be it in government, that is number one responsibility. Another attribute that defines a real man is a man who is committed eh, to determined and joyful obedience, like in obedience to who God like how 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 committed are you to be obedient? 
to the word of God. That is another thing that makes men a real man, you know, a man, a real man. So look, let's look at the book of John chapter 6 verse 66. John 6, 66. What does it say? 66 to 69. It says, um, After this, many of, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Jesus Christ. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Again, it's just a reminder of commitment. Like, are you willing to follow God through it all? Utafika pointe nye, unafil, I think, I should just walk on a different path. But that commitment and obedience to him defines a real man. That is why Simon Peter alimuliza, Nazi God, kwani tutenda wapi? Na wewe ndioneno la uzima. There's no way we can go. You, my friend, you, our Lord and Savior, are the words of eternal life. And that obedience, he obedience enye Simon Peter, this is another attribute of a real man. Commitment to determined and joyful obedience. You follow God through it all. Because, Banaibu, unakumuka, there's this part, Psalms, Psalms in Yenasemanga, enye gode anakukumbushanga, eti, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, eti, Thy rod and staff comforts me. Basically, it's your presence. The presence of God comforts you. So it means that through it all, you have to be joyful in obedience. Like, there are so many things in your donors that come in your life and you're like, hey, really, is, is, God, is God with me? But he reminds you all the time that he is with you. That commitment to obe obeying him makes us guys to be men of Christ. Another, another, attribute, another attribute of a real man is commitment to spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Let's look at the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 35. What does it say? Mark 1 35. Uh -huh. Commitment to spiritual discipline. Discipline. Yeah, yeah. Discipline. Discipline. So, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm taking some, some minutes looking for this verse. Oh, yeah, it is Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, It says, And rising, Okay, let's see. And rising very early in the morning, while it was dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. This is, this is a reference to Christ. Commitment to spiritual discipline. And Christ, as I said earlier on, is the perfect example of the real image of manhood, right? And he was committed to his spiritual discipline. He rose very early in the morning while it was still dark, departed, went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He was with the, with his disciples. Went to a place alone and, and he prayed. So God is reminding us, for you to depict true, man, true manhood, you have to have spiritual discipline. By this, it means you have to create a special time to be connected with your spirit, with the Holy Spirit. By setting aside time, whether it is in the morning, whether it is in the afternoon, whether it is whatever time that you've set, una take time and you commune with Christ. That spiritual discipline is the image of 
true masculinity. You can't be a man and you are not communing with Christ. You don't even pray. You have to take time and pray. You have to learn spiritual discipline. The moment you learn that, you ref- you, 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 you you portray the image of true Christ-likeness and masculinity, true manhood, by setting aside time to commune with Christ, spiritual discipline. And by spiritual discipline, it means like taking care of your spirit. Apart even from praying, taking time to even meditate and reflecting on your life. Yani ni kuset time ya feed your spirit. Whether it's reading a book, you're feeding your spirit, you're opening your mind. Taking that time and having that discipline. That shows an image of true manhood. Whether it is taking time, you're like, you know what, I'm going to set aside time to go and take care of my body. I'm going to hit the gym, for example. Setting aside that time and doing it, you are nourishing your spirit. So a true man is a man of discipline. In, whether it is in terms of time, plasma will go in a discipline. Number five. I, I, Another attribute that defines a real man is a man who is committed to abide in the word of truth. John chapter 8 verse 31 to 32. It says, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And I, I, I mentioned it again that the ultimate purpose of us guys, apart from pro- proclaiming the, the, the name of God out there to the, all the nations, is the fact that we want to know the truth. After this, what next? That truth. Everyone, there's a certain truth. No one, even the greatest of science scientists know that after this life, what next? No one knows the afterlife. But there's a truth, and that truth is only based on Christ. And so he tells, his, he, he said to the Jews who had believed, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Ultimate freedom is only achieved by, tra- by knowing Christ, by believing in him. So the commitment to abide in the word of truth, for you to get the ultimate freedom and be truly free, that commitment to the word of truth is what defines a real man. Number six. Committed to growth and production, especially the, the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. As a man, you have to be committed to cultivating the fruits of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, verse, is, verse 8, it says, John 15, verse 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. It basically reminds us, for us to be a reflection of true manhood, we have to bear fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, kindness, etc. But the commitment to growth and production in terms of spiritual fruits in our true manhood. You can't be a true man and you're not kind. You do not show love. You are not showing any fruit of the Holy Spirit. Then, my friend, you will be lying to us that this is the image of masculinity. Masculinity has to be bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that is another attribute of a true man. He is someone who bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Another attribute of a true man is someone who is committed 
to carrying out God's mission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, it says, Matthew 28. If you can write down these verses, it'll be really nice. Even if it was a nice idea, you could take this message to someone out there. You'd bless someone's life. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of ages. Hey, this is, this is really nice. And it's, it's interesting that as we've been going through this, you see most of the things that we are discussing are things that are actually interrelated. Go proclaim my name to the nations. You've been given a mission to be a prophet to the nations. Again, anakuja anakuambia hapa even in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 that go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is a command not only to the disciples because, okay, yes, it was to, to the disciples context-wise, but we are disciples of Christ by accepting him. If you have accepted Christ, which is the number one sign of truly true, true masculinity, committed to following a great authority. If you are committed to following that great authority, you have a responsibility to go forth, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the ages. So, definitely, you have to be committed to carrying out God's mission. Our number one purpose in the proclaiming the name of God to nations. And nations doesn't have to be this mambele ten million people and telling them that you know there's a God and no 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 no. Starting from the most basic of units. As nation this again. As a man, you are a prophet in your home. So are you proclaiming the name of God in your homes? If you're doing a tick, go forth. Go out there. Preach the name, preach, proclaim his name, and you'll be fulfilling. You are you you are sticking to that that mission that Christ left us. In the last thing Jesus said, "We are before I end the mission." duniani as a man to 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 go out to the nation and proclaim his name, to teach them the commandments that he left us with, and he's always going to be with us. Another reassurance. Another reason why you should always remember that you are a special being is the fact that he reminds you that as you are going out there and doing his works, he's going to be with you until the end of the ages. Huh? Another, another, another attribute um, of a true man is a man who is committed to love others faithfully. To love others faithfully. John chapter 13 verse 34 to 35. It says, I don't know it is John, 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 yeah, it is. So John 13, John 13, 34 to 35. It says, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love from for one another. We are all disciples. So, Christ again tells us, he has given another command to us, that you love one another, just as he loved us. And indeed, 
all people will know that you are my disciples if you love if you have love for one another so definitely another attribute of a real man is the fact that he loves he shows he shows love to others faithfully yani ni mtu anapenda wote whether it's your enemies whether it's your friends you have to love them faithfully so that you can be a true representation of the christ like resemblance christ like so that you can be a representation of christ likeness let's say that so if you are committed to loving others faithfully we depict the true we depict the attribute of a real man see kukuwa na watu you are having enemies out there you don't even want to talk to them i mean he tells us that you should forgive 77 times 7 times that is so many times it's uncountable because forgiveness isn't something we measure it's something we do out of love the love that he commanded us to do when when he said these words in the book of john chapter 13 verse 34 to 35 that if indeed we are going to show that we are true disciples of christ we have to show love for one another so to be a real man to be a true man you have to learn to love others faithfully irrespective of how they behave towards you that love for them is a representation of christ likeness true manhood another attribute of a real man is a man committed to brotherhood and community this is depicted in the book of hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 hebrews chapter 10 24 to 25 let's look for that verse kama uko na biblia bana fungua bana i might be lying to you i might be saying things that are not there but here it is written it is written in the book of hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 to 25 that and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works uh-huh. not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near this is these are some of the messages that paul was writing to the church of hebrews so he reminded them that indeed for us to be men of christ we have to be committed to brotherhood and community it means that we have a social responsibility of meeting up sharpening unajua kuna part nimesemanga just as iron sharpens iron eh? there's, a, there's a bible verse that says that but in this in this case it, it's just a reminder that let us consider how we start up one another to love and good works to love and good works it means that we as men have been given a purpose and a responsibility to ensure that our community is quite integrated that we start each other up to love and good works as a community we have a communal responsibility of taking care of each other of taking each other in the right direction that is achieving good works not neglecting to meet together we should meet together fellowship fellowship is another responsibility sisi kama wanaume tumepewa responsibility to make sure that we meet up start each other to good works not start not to meet up and make bad decisions this is another thing that we should always remember we are told that we meet up and start good works within each other Yeah? encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near the day is drawing near siku moja hata kama we will not be there to witness the great ending of this world we are going to witness the end of some of our lives some of our friends lives but until then bana come together commune communion is another responsibility of 
of a real man. You can't be a real man and you are isolated. You are not doing anything for your community. You are not starting any, any good work in the hearts of those who are close to you. You can't be walking alone like a wolf and tell us that you are a real man. No, 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 no. no. A real man has to meet with other men. And maybe even with the women in society, with the children, start up good work. Meet up with your community. cleaning. We are going to clean our, our town. That is true manhood. Meet up with men and tell them, you know what? Today we are going to even have a Bible study at my home. We are going to have a fellowship. That is true manhood. You can't be walking alone. You have no brotherhood. There is no sense of community in you. And you call yourself a real man. That is not true manhood. True manhood in, indeed is the embodiment of, 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 of community, of fellowship. So that is what God tells us. Number 10. Another great attribute of a real man is a man who endures opposition and never loses heart. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3 says, What does it say? It says, Consider him who endures, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your path and in fulfilling your greater purpose, which is definitely proclaiming the word of God, there's so much hostility that you are going to endure. So many challenges. But God tells us, for you to be a true representation of manhood, you must not grow weary or tired. It means that you should not give up. And that is like the bottom line of old manhood is we can't give up. Because if we give up, then who shall be left with the responsibility of making disciples of men? Yes, they are sinners. Sinners are basically those people who have not probably accepted God. They are still in their, in their, in their dark their dark behavior, you know, they are still doing things that are not pleasing to the eye. But whenever you come against these people, at times you may encounter hostility, you may encounter opposition, but you cannot grow weary or tired of doing your greater purpose. You have to keep pushing. At times, the opposition doesn't even come from seeing as it comes from inside, ile fear, results. Yani basically, mazi, mungu anakuambia, don't give up. Because he's going to be with you. Okay? Until the ends until the end of ages. Until it comes until time comes to the end. He's going to be with you. So no matter how much hostility you come up against, no matter how many challenges you come up against, you cannot give up. That is what makes us men. That is the attribute of true manhood. And indeed, to be a true man, you must learn never to give up. In conclusion, a real man is someone who has put away his childish ways. That in the book of First Corinthians, chapter thirteen, verse eleven, that is a verse you should check out. It says something like, uh, "When I was a child, I used to do childish things. I used to to follow in my childish ways, but now I am a man, and I have put such child-like mannerisms away." That is the thing. and to assume the mantle of leadership. The mantle of responsibility that God has placed in each and every one of us. That is true manhood. A true man knows that what is right, knows what is right, and stands firm in right. A real man is a godly man who loves the Lord. He loves life and loves those whom the Lord has entrusted to his care. God has given you dominion over the earth. 
And so you must love those who the Lord has entrusted in your care. Tomorrow and days to come, we're probably going to look at the responsibilities that God has given us as men out here. And you will see that this is our greater purpose. This is what makes us special. And these are the attributes that define a real man. So, John Wick, or what James Bond is doing, and you think that is the real man. The real man is who God has defined here. And the true man that God desires all of us to be like is Jesus Christ. What man would is. Most of the references I made are made from the New Testament. You might wonder why. It is because the New Testament and where Jesus we see him carrying out activities, talking to people, and I hope you guys have understood something from today's episode. And I hope you guys are going to be blessed. As you are going to start your week, may you win the week from today until the end of the week. Tomorrow or the day after, we're going to look into something else. So I'm hoping all of you guys are going to join on the conversation. But as for now, be blessed, have an amazing week ahead, and make sure you pray before you begin your day. Be blessed, bye. Yo, Alex, Benachi, Nakaberere, Sawasawa, Sawasawa, Sawasawa. Nimechaka, unitilie dharau Mimi binadamu, uu, umesahau Unaishi kwa damani, unaishi kwa imani Beleza kumimi sina haki, beleza kimimi mwenye hadi Fahamu kuwa mola ni alie ni uba mimi na wewe Fahamu kuwa mola ni alie ni uba mimi na wewe